You could stand for the reading of the word. It'll be brief, though. Sorry. Just kidding. Um, I guess you need to know where to go. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. And I just want to draw out a principle that I felt like God showed me um, from the statement Paul made. It says, for even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Y'all may be seated. I want to bring out just the principle in it. I've read all around this. I wanted to make sure I wasn't, I was rightly dividing the scripture, but there was just a principle of this statement um, that I felt the Lord impress on me. Um, the title of my of this message is "Food for the Laborers." Food for the laborers. In the house of God, there is food for the laborers. A laborer. I'll briefly read one more scripture: Matthew nine. Verse 37 and 38, before I go into what that definition is. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his field. And I actually want to read um, before that. On 35, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, the word laborers here means a toiler, a workman, a worker. I looked up toiler. um, I looked up that definition. That definition of laborers is in Strong's, and so then I looked further into toiler. And it says, one who works strenuously or great physical exertion. Uh, One of the comments in this definition, the writer put in looking, or it said, you won't see a toiler hanging out by the water cooler. And I loved that because uh, a laborer is a workman. We're working in the kingdom of God. And what I felt like the Lord showed me in that scripture If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. In the house of God, there is food for the laborers. The food is prepared from the throne of God to the man of God, to the ministry, whoever will stand before the people. It is prepared when when all of us are doing are working, are doing our everyday life, there's a word being prepared for the body at that appointed time. There's a meal being 
prepared. There's the ingredients being fed to that minister or the man of God. And then it's up to the man of God or that minister to put these ingredients together and listen to the voice of God. How do I put, what do you want to feed your people? How do I prepare this meal to feed the laborers in your kingdom? If you are a laborer, you're working in whatever the Lord has asked you to do in this season, there is food for you here. If you are not laboring in the kingdom, you won't eat the food that is prepared for you. If you read further in 2 Thessalonians 3.11, um, I'm just going to summarize. Paul talks further about those walking disorderly, and he says, not working at all, but our busy bodies. So if you're not laboring, he said, you're busy, you're being a busy body. A busy body, when you look that up in Strong's, it's to work all around that is bustle about or metal, be a busy body. Metal means to interfere in or busy oneself unduly with something that is not one's concern, being up in someone's business. If you aren't laboring in the kingdom, you might be doing something you shouldn't be doing. If you aren't putting your hand to the plow, then you might be busy looking at other people's labor because you're not laboring yourself. If you're not laboring, it's easy to come to the house of God when the word is being spread and nitpick at what's being prepared for you. And I want to give you this example. If you are doing physical labor all day in a field, you're out there in the heat, you're sweating, there might be tears if you're a girl. Yeah, I said it. Um, maybe some whining if you're a girl. Yeah, I said it. Um, you're out there all day laboring, and you come home to a, a plate of food, you're going to devour everything on that plate because you're hungry, because you just worked your tail off, and you weren't hanging out, but you were putting your hand to the plow and you were sweating and you're putting work and effort and toil into what you were doing. So when someone puts a plate of food in front of you, you eat the whole thing, whether it's your favorite meal, the, your favorite server, you don't care. You'll take it, you'll eat it, and you'll like it. But if you've been sitting on your hiney all day, if you've been on the couch hanging out, taking it easy, and there's a meal prepared for you, it's easy to just nitpick at it. Oh, I'm not that hungry. I don't like that. I'll eat this and that. I'll, I'll, I don't want my salad, but I'll take this and that. Because you don't have an appetite, because you haven't been working. But when you've been toiling and laboring, you're going to eat everything that comes your way from this house. 
because it is food to nourish the laborers in the kingdom of God. I want to talk briefly when we were on vacation, uh, we went to this um, Pres- Prescott, they call it Prescott, Arizona. Um, beautiful place. I didn't know Arizona had like mountains and trees. I just thought it was dust and desert, and but it's not. Um, some of it is, but that place was not. Anyway, we went to this place and they served an authentic cowboy breakfast. Now I've not had one like this. It was authentic. And I looked up a cowboy breakfast. Okay. I looked it up. And it originated in the old West during the time of the American frontier. They needed a hearty rib sticking breakfast to get them through long days working out on the cattle drive or ranch. They were, they were limited by what they could, could easily be stored or transported on the chuck wagon. Meals often consisted of hot coffee. Sister Wynette, can I get an amen? Um, hot coffee, a large pot of beans, and biscuits that were baked in a cast iron pot and slathered with lard and gravy. Mm. Everyone's all full from Thanksgiving. <laughs> Today... It has evolved to include eggs, skillet potatoes, bacon, sausage, biscuits, gravy. I mean, my husband had this skillet of all that, and it was just, it was, it looked good. When you're laboring, you need a hearty meal that will strengthen you and sustain you for the work you're doing. This cowboy breakfast is not just a little thing they have in San Antonio. It originated for cowboys who went out on the ranch all day and did hard labor all day. They needed something. I love that rib sticking. They needed something that would sustain them while they're out. My, my guess is they probably didn't have time to come all the way back in to eat lunch to go all the way back out. Uh, maybe if they were so lucky, someone brought some food out to help, but it was meant to sustain them that day until dinner. Bishop said something earlier that confirmed, and I was thankful because I was really wrestling if this was, this has been in my spirit for a long time, and I didn't know, um, but he said something today, and I was thankful to the Lord for that. Um, I think we can say, if you're a laborer in the kingdom, when you come to the house of God, there is food for you here. I think we can attest to that. I don't think there's been a time where I've had a need or a question or something in me that God didn't meet it in that service, that he didn't give me the answer I was praying for, give me a word that I just needed. I I can't say, I think we can attest to if we needed a healing, that there was healing in the house and you were healed that day that you needed healing. And there's food here for those who are laboring. In John 4:34, Jesus says, "My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work." We must do the will of God in our lives and finish 
the work the Lord has started. The will of God is to obey his word and purpose in our lives. Bishop has talked about the will of God, a general will of God, and that first and foremost is to be obedient to his word. We also can't have a problem with the server of the food. I can't have a problem with the server of the food because God in his wisdom and maybe his sense of humor, he may just give that vessel that maybe I don't favor as much. I'm not really talking about anybody. I love I'm just saying that, that there might be a vessel, eh, they're not my favorite, but God may give them that very word, that very food, that very nourishment that you've been needing because you've been weak in a certain area and you've been asking and seeking, God, I need your strength. And God's giving you a, a vessel, that word to feed you. And if we turn our ears off, we're going to miss the food and we have no excuse when we stand before God. I want to end with, um, I'm just going to go back to Matthew 9, 37, 38. At the end there, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I want to talk about an article that I read over the summer I thought was very interesting. Um, it's about a farmer in California, and he grows many different things, um, but there were two that were highlighted in this article he grew zucchini and strawberries. So he had, he had other fields, but these were the ones that were, were talked about mostly in the article. So when I read this, it's kind of what the, um, I might be paraphrasing what the article uh, said. He grew zucchini, and the man who wrote the article said that the field was immaculate. The plants were vigorous, covered in blossoms, and heavy with squash, in all stages of ripeness, there were a dozen workers loading up the zucchini, and the farmer was happy. His count, he was joyful. He was chipper. They also visited his strawberry farm, and it looked like the entire field was devastated by a disease or drought. The farmer's response was very different. He shook his head. He didn't have enough workers to harvest both fields. The crops were ripe in both fields, but the strawberries were left there rotting out simply because the farmer didn't have enough workers. We know um, on our trip, it was over the summer, and it was kind of when this stuff started, we went to go eat uh, or pick up some food. Um, at Jimmy John's. This is not sponsored by Jimmy John's. Um, and uh, it looked kind of like, we were like, is it closed? I know, I, I guess it's open. So we went, my husband went in and ordered and came back with our food and said, man, they're almost closing, close early at, at six, something like that. Um, and he said, yeah, they don't have enough workers. And that really struck me. And then, of course, when we come back and as time goes on, you see now hiring, now hiring. I'm not getting into why all of that is going on. What I'm getting at is 
it isn't that people aren't wanting their, their food. There's still the same amount of people that would eat their food. There's still the same amount of, of people that are hungry for Chick-fil-A, if you will, or Popeye's, if you will. There's still, there's still that demand there, but there's not enough workers to feed the people. And so when, you, when I think about this farmer, and I was reading, and the, the writer goes into more detail of the man's, just his countenance and how disappointed he was looking at that field, how happy he was when the healthy one was being harvested, and then how, how almost, he said, depre- used the word depressed, almost like he wanted to resign type of expressions on his face when he saw the strawberry fields. Because you know what? He probably saw the, the work he put into it, the thought, the, the studying of strawberries. How are they supposed to grow? Can they grow in this climate? What do I do to, to cause them to grow? The finances that went into it. He probably looked at it and thought of all the work that he put into creating an environment for ripe harvest, a ripe crop to be harvested. It was prepared for laborers, but they were not enough. And so the farmer saw these strawberries that he put He did his part, and he saw them just there, rotting out. Jesus had compassion on the people. There were multitudes, and he said, truly, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Let that not be said of us. We hear the influx is coming. We hear there's going to be people sent out. I would hate to have the Lord look on ripe souls ready to be harvested, but there just weren't enough laborers. Are we laboring? Are we doing the will of God in this season? Are, are we, Sister Moreno, I saw you praying. I'm blanking on Sister Roxanne. I saw you praying for her. And I know that you don't do that just because you're over ladies' ministry. You do that because you have compassion on people and you're a laborer in the field. We must be laboring in the field. We must be doing the will of God with all of our heart because I don't want God to look at some of the influx that he brings and be downcast because we just weren't ready or there weren't enough. But God's going to do his part and he will bring them. The food will be there. And we must, we must labor in his kingdom. We must consume every word that is taught, every word that is preached, so we can be nourished to continue in our laboring in the kingdom. Can we give God some praise?